This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Today. Episode. Oh. Yeah, it, it's it's every day, though. It's, it's you know, it's probably Havana Syndrome, which I do want to talk to you about. Episode 582, Claire Lopez back for the last, for not the last time, for the first time in a long time. Um, yeah, several things I kind of want to go into with you. Uh, one person asked me to ask you about Havana Syndrome. Um, mm-hmm. Other things I want to talk to you about, the, the Maricopa Audit. Uh, YouTube, as of two days ago, I think now, not just banning medical misinformation, which is what I was banned for, but uh, outright banning now, they changed it to any anti-vaccine. So if you even just talk negatively about it, they've deleted two of Russia Today's channels, and uh, which I think they're just kind of accelerating the uh, red-pilling process. I don't think we've talked since I've, I'm permanently banned from YouTube. Um, I'm not sure if I knew that before, but yeah, we haven't talked since August. Yeah. Yeah. I was like last week of last couple of days of August, I was permanently banned for, uh, uh, for medical misinformation for having on Dr. Peter McCullough. The episode that got me banned was him saying that everyone should go buy four, these four vitamins from Walmart. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I've listened to some of his videos. He's really good. Brilliant. Most published yeah. cardiologist in world history, and that's what got yeah. me banned. But what do you want to talk I'm, about? What's on What's on your mind? I mean, I, so much is going on. Go down the list and pick one. Okay. Um, how about the Maricopa audit? Okay. Well, um, it completed, um, and the report came out, uh, what, a week ago now, I guess, mm-hmm. about. And um, that report showed a very long list of um egregious um cheating and fraud that took place in Maricopa County during uh the elections of November 2020 and um those uh alleged violations have now been referred um to the state uh attorney um that is Mark Bernovich and uh, to see uh, what he will do with it he um does have higher aspirations politically, wants to run for the Senate from Arizona. So there is the thought that he may actually do some of the right thing here. We will have to wait and see, but it's in his hands to follow up on now um, in, in a, uh, in, in kind of, you know, carry forward in any kind of a legal way. Yeah, so. it, it's, it really does, you know, I, nothing irritates me more, well, a lot of things do, but one of the things that most irritates me is when people are like, we just got to focus on 2022. We just got to focus on, tw-. It's no, no, if this happened, we have to know definitively. And it, no matter what good comes out of it, because let's just entertain the thought, let's say definitively it shows that Trump really got his ass kicked. Well, fantastic. I learn a lot from that. Now I know, hey, I bought into some misinformation. And if it didn't, and if he did win, well, now we know that our elections are not safe and secure and fortified. And it just, I, I, 
it can't not go anywhere. It, it, this is well, so. The, yeah. the, the thing that 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 is is um, I think front and center for Arizona and for Maricopa County is that if there are those um, who broke the law uh, in the process of this this election then they need to be held to account. That's the lesson. That's the outcome of the Maricopa County audit. And, um, you know, as I said, we don't know yet uh, what the attorney general, the state attorney general, Bernovich, is going to do. um, But we're all hoping he does the right thing. Yeah. And, well, you know, yeah, I hope he does. I hope he does, and I hope something comes out of it. Because, I mean... And I, you know, maybe I'm speaking out of turn because I admittedly didn't uh, watch it too closely. And I might just be seeing the patterns that I want to see consciously or subconsciously. But didn't 450,000 votes during the Newsom recall, didn't they just get scrubbed in the middle of the night for Larry Elder? Uh, There are allegations out there one way and another. But, you know, given that we're talking about the state of California... I think that recall probably came out the way the Californians sure. voted it to come out. Now, you know, was there fraud? Were, um, you know, this was the spread between uh, the, the two of them maybe a little less than reported? Maybe. Um, but we're talking about California. Yeah. Most corrupt state. And well, that, that that's a competition, isn't it? But in the in the nation. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, they, they don't care that their streets are covered, you know, with illegals, with homeless, with needles, with feces, with urine. They just don't care. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I have to say they get what they deserve. Yeah. Covered with human shit. And that's not like a slur against minorities. I mean, literal human defecation, like feces, fecal matter on the street. Yeah. And no, I mean, you're right. And it's. It's also like this precedent. I have to be careful that I'm not every time a every time a a, a liberal wins uh, that I'm going to scream fraud because that for me now I lose all credibility with myself. But you know the way I look at it is like for four years we beat the drum that the sitting president was a Manchurian candidate who used a foreign nation and foreign intelligence services to usurp a U.S. election. Absurd claims, sure, but we didn't ban speech about it. We didn't hammer it down. People like me didn't like it, but what it did do is, for better or worse, or I would say for better, spent millions of taxpayer dollars on a, on an investigation, and nothing came of it. And at the end of it, it was, huh, or nothing came of it. But it's over. It's done, and it's it's over. Well, now we know. But if we had just said no one's allowed to mention Russia— Imagine if Trump started having started working with big tech and had them banning misinformation about it, the streets would have run with more blood than they already had. But that's what I want to see with this is like if there was no fraud, like stick it to me, like make me eat a slice of humble pie, make me look like a moron. There are hundreds of episodes of me on here screaming about election fraud. Prove me wrong and make me look like a moron. Like that, and I would be happy. I, nothing would make me happier than if well, there I mean, was the, no the, fraud. The, the report, the report from the Maricopa County audit, is available online. Mm-hmm. It's quite lengthy, uh, but anyone can go online and have a look at it. Uh, it's an enumeration of many, 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 um, shall we say, irregularities? Yeah. Um, that uh, may or may not be found to be criminal. Uh, that is now again 
in the hands of the state attorney general Brnovich. Um, and um, it's up to him to take it further. The, the Senate, uh, that is the Arizona State Senate, had the authority to uh, conduct the audit. They don't have the authority to carry the process <coughs> if, it, if it may be a criminal process. <coughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. Any further. Uh, that now rests in the hands of the attorney general of the state. So the the Senate's job, uh, Arizona State Senate's job, is, is finished. They have produced the report. It enumerates, I mean, just thousands upon thousands of, um, you know, fake ballots, fraudulent ballots, duplicate ballots, ghost voters who don't live where they say they live who voted out of state, who moved, who, so many things. Um, the Senate did its job. Um, now it's in the hands of the Attorney General. I don't know if you saw, I was I watched this thing the other day, and again, maybe I'm just seeing what I want to see. Uh, Sidney Powell was on uh, the Stu Peter show. I Oh, by, I was on that show like two weeks ago. Oh, yeah? yeah, I was Very on good. for like 10 minutes. Right. I didn't know what I was doing. I looked like a moron, but I made it. Um, but I watched a thing two days ago with Sidney Powell, and she was saying that the Department of Defense had a patent back in like '05 for an ability to monitor elections in real time and to see all of this going on. And now we're, we're kind of wading into the waters of just wild speculation, but who cares? That, that's got me thinking, like, because, like, how the hell does Mike Lindell have all of these, like, screen grabs and packets? Well, he doesn't. He doesn't. Oh. I mean, as the August, mid-August um, cyber, cyber symposium um, that, that he put on uh, went through, uh, you know, its three-day course. By the second day, I think most of us who were watching realized it was collapsing. Yeah. Um, and even before the cyber symposium itself, um, anyone who had taken a very serious look at some of those Excel spreadsheets with the data in which um, uh, Lindell claimed there were. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Packet captures, um, and he put these into at least three of his videos uh, that came out earlier this year. Um, anyone who took a look at that would notice a couple of columns. And I'm not sure we've ever talked about this, have we? No. no. Okay, so um, there were two columns, one uh, named uh, um, source ID <clears throat> and the second one called target ID. Now, those are simply names for what would be actually called MAC addresses. M-A-C stands for um, Media Access Control a Address. This is a unique identifier number that is assigned to every single device manufactured, a laptop, a tablet, a PC, a, a, a computer. 
and it is assigned to those devices as they're manufactured by the manufacturer, Hewlett and Packard, IBM, uh, whoever might be making these devices anywhere in the world. And what happens is that as they look to their, I don't know, next quarter or something and um, decide they're going to make, I don't know, 30,000 new tablets for Hewlett Packard, there is an online database. It's online, and this is how we can look it up, uh, where according to international agreement, this is to keep everything uh, orderly in the world. Uh, it, it's by international agreement among the nations of the world who create, who, who manufacture um, these, these computer devices. So they go online and they buy a block of, let's say it's going to be 30,000 MAC addresses for the tablets they want to make this coming quarter. And once they make uh, those tablets and <clears throat> they're out for sale now, um, the numbers that have been assigned to each one go online as having been purchased by, assigned by, used by Hewlett Packard. So you can look them up, right? So people did this with those numbers in the columns in Mike Lindell's data uh, Excel, Excel spreadsheets. And guess what? The numbers don't exist. They're not there. What happened is that he or somebody used some kind of a random number generating program to fill in the database, to fill in the columns. They're all fake numbers. They're just made up. They're not real. They're certainly not MAC addresses, either um, in the place of origin or the place of uh, target ID, right? They, they don't exist. They're not real numbers. Now, if you don't have... A, an actual real MAC address, you can't get an IP address for your device either. So that column is all fake too. You so, see where I'm going with this? So it's all bullshit. It, it, by the second day of the cyber symposium, uh, backstage must have been um, chaos uh, because all these supposed cyber experts that uh, Mike Lindell had invited to the symposium we're back there trying to figure out what these numbers were, what all these streaming numbers and all the data were. And they quickly came to the conclusion that they were nothing but gobbledygook. They were made up. They're all fake. It's all gobbledygook. And uh, they began to break away. We're not for this. This isn't right. Yeah. We're not, we're not uh, validating any of this. Yeah. Um, and so, as you notice, by day two and day three of, of, of the uh, cyber symposium, uh, they went to other, um, I don't know, topics. They went, for example, to Mesa County, Colorado, uh, where there absolutely was localized um, cheating and fraud going on with many witnesses who came to speak about that. And that was perfectly valid. That was local. That was in Mesa County, Colorado. And they filled in the space with that because they didn't have any packet captures. Now, here's one last thing. <coughs> Excuse me. You're fine. So uh, this is the last, for, for your audience, this is the last lingering effect of the CCP virus um, it, it that I had out with, uh, back in August. It attacked you, and it also attacked Dr. Hodkinson, 
Yeah. And, it, and I think, and he got through it because I've, I've started to receive. Oh yeah. I mean, so did I. And I'm very lucky because I had absolutely no respiratory symptoms whatsoever. I had uh, only some vertigo and um, just really deep exhaustion, yeah. fatigue, oh, fatigue. God bless. That's all I, that's it. And this stupid little cough. Um, last thing I wanted to tell you about, about what packet captures are or supposed to be. Packet captures would be um, uh, international um, SIGINT, that is signals mm-hmm. intelligence, um, intercept interceptions in in real time as they uh, crisscross the world, the nation, whatever. And Mike Lindell was claiming uh, that he had such international SIGINT um, interceptions, intercepts. Now, the only people in the United States that are authorized uh, to, to conduct international SIGINT intercept would be within the U.S. government and specifically NSA, National Security Agency. Yeah. And for anyone in there without the proper clearances, without the proper authorization, without the proper need to know to share um, or release or um, give to somebody else or sell to somebody else without the proper clearances, authorization, and need to know, that would be a felony for each instance. Now, on the other hand, anyone who would solicit such information without proper authorization, clearances, and need to know, likewise would be committing a felony every time. Just as, let's say you've got a jihadi who's gotten in contact with what turns out to be you know, a government confidential informant or, you know, an agent undercover. And uh, they solicit a bomb for an attack. And uh, the undercover gives them a bomb. It's inert. It's not going to work. It's never going to go off. Um, But in the act of soliciting, Mm -hmm. and if there were payment, those are felonies. And that person, that jihadi, would be so charged. Same thing here. Now, I don't know, none of us knows, if there was solicitation of such. But if there were, that would be illegal. Yeah. And so, in a way, uh, that all of that information turned out to be gobbledygook and was was not truly SIGINT intercept, uh, in a way, is... Um, kind of a relief because yeah it 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 points to perhaps there there was no uh illegality involved i don't know but but maybe there was not the illegality that otherwise we would have had to uh i mean that's nothing would make place truly nothing would make me happier like it's i like trump i voted for him if he if he legit got his ass kicked fine like that's fine with me. Now I'm not happy with things how things are going, but that's hey in the history of the country, you know, your guy doesn't always win. You know, statistically, fifty percent of you will not have your guy win in an election. I would be thrilled 
if Trump got his ass kicked. Not because I'm happy with the Biden administration, but because <coughs> my genuine concern, which I've said from day one, was that the system was usurped. And if it was, and it would mean that those in power usurped it, and thus there would never be a legit election. Well, here's yeah. the rest of the story. Okay. So um, what it looks like may have happened is that Mike Lindell, who's a really good person and a patriot to the core, um, he, he really is a good man, but that he got taken advantage of. He got preyed upon by those uh, who saw his wealth and thought they could, uh, you know, share in it a little bit. And uh, it looks like uh, a disreputable character by the name of Dennis Montgomery um, inserted or had uh, inserted uh, the fake data into Mike Lindell's, you know, data collection, data stream. Um, that is what looks like may have happened with the purpose. Um, and this is analysis. It's not proven in a court of law or anything like that, but the analysis would be to taint, um, the data flow from somebody as good and patriotic as Mike Lindell, because, you know, he's, he's credible. Um, but to taint that data flow and taint all of those around him, patriots who supported him and vouched for him such that the entire election integrity effort in the U.S. to even include the Arizona Maricopa County audit would be delegitimized, discredited. Sure. It looks like that may have been uh, the purpose of inserting fake data. Uh, in any case, the whole thing collapsed, and um, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. No uh, by the way, uh, it looks like Dennis Montgomery just got himself um, an all-expense-paid $1.5 million home uh, in Florida, um, courtesy of Mike Lindell. And... Uh, what else? Uh, oh, all of his, um, you know, these cyber experts that uh, he had hired over these months, uh, they were paid millions and millions of dollars. So, you know, everybody goes home happy um, except the American patriot citizen. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that sucks. But see, at the same time, yeah, I mean, that's on him. You know, I can't, I can't. I can't spout that we are all responsible and need to own our thing. Yeah, no, I mean, he was warned repeatedly sure. over and over again by people who did not want to see um, people take advantage of Mike Lindell. Sure. Did not want to see that happen. Sure. Tried and tried and tried to warn him and to no avail. Well, hey, you know, I had a lot of people telling me, they're like, hey, man, you're going to look like an idiot if you keep talking about election fraud. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm looking like an idiot now. And that's fine, though, is that's how I learned. Well, no, you don't look like an idiot. There absolutely was election fraud. Well, no, I'm not an idiot. Um, it very well documented in the Maricopa County audit, um, waiting to see whether other states, like maybe Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, will begin audits of their own in a county or more than one county. I, I don't know about statewide, but 
you know, we'll wait, wait, wait to see. We don't know. Um, <clears throat> to kind of shift. So, uh, I did have, I did have someone ask me to ask you, what are your thoughts or your knowledge or opinion or whatever on Havana syndrome, which as yeah. I, as I know it for everyone listening is the phenomena where kind of exclusively, if I'm correct, um, CIA officers in U.S. embassies over, I think, past several years have, I mean, really all the same symptoms, kind of sudden, abrupt headaches, nausea, and what is hypothesized is that it's some form of directed energy weapon, which just like a form of harassment, which U.S., all national embassies are always, you can read back any Cold War book, we're always needling at each other, but uh, it it seems interesting that it kind of you know, this is the 2021 version of, you know, like that painting the Soviets gifted the Americans somewhere in Europe at one of their embassies, and it was a painting, and it actually had like a piezoelectric motor in it, and the the energy from the oh, building. Oh, there were all kinds of things. Oh, they're yeah. awesome. They're yeah. awesome. The energy from um, the building settling would move a motor and operate a microphone, and there was a there was a oil painting spying on the American, which is just badass, but Havana syndrome is—is is there any credibility to that, or is yeah? No, I mean it's—it's—it's it's, it's a real thing. Well, um, wasn't Kamala Harris Havana targeted? Syndrome because it um, first seemed to manifest at uh, the U.S. Um, mission in Havana, and um, you know it was um, affecting American diplomats uh, in the embassy with just as you say things like headaches and you know, ringing in the ears, I guess, and. Um, <clears throat> and uh, some of them had to be returned home uh, for medical attention. Uh, but now it looks like um, the same, the same, whatever it is, it is, is happening in other places. And I believe it's Vienna, Austria, where two uh, U.S. officials have just been sent home uh, because they um, did not allegedly did not pay sufficient attention uh, or give give sufficient uh, you know credibility and support um, to uh, members of uh, the embassy team who were likewise affected by this so-called Havana syndrome and because they didn't care for their people uh, two of the officers I think it's Vienna just recently got sent home so it's a real thing um, I don't know that well, in, in, in what is out in you know public reporting, um, we know what it actually is. Maybe you know the techies know more about that. Um, we the public don't, but it's real. I mean, it's it, the, the people who are suffering these these symptoms are not making them up. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that has some terrifying implications in terms of pacifying a population. You know, any dictator turn that thing up across a whole population you could you mean you could quell a city at a time just drop well it i don't it. know if that's technically possible but certainly well, I mean, um, a focus directed um well on a on a long perhaps enough, energy beam at, at at an embassy sure one building sure um, but on a long enough timeline done. i mean start with a biplane in a long enough timeline you'll have nuclear bombers flying around the world refueling and on a long enough timeline that will mature enough but regardless, I thought it was fascinating. Um, also, I wanted to ask you about what do you think about the vaccine mandates 
and the fact that there are still 15,000 and climbing deaths on VAERS and people are now losing their jobs for refusing this. I think 70,000 healthcare workers in New York lost their jobs overnight. Yeah. And um, I had on a guy yesterday, Dr. John Witcher, and a physician in Alabama who's been practicing since 96, and all of his pregnant patients are terrified of it because they don't yeah. want to kill their babies. And oh, a, lot no. of, a lot of these women are on <laughs> government health care, and now they're being threatened with, I think by tomorrow, October 1st, if they don't get the vaccine, then they're going to lose their government health care. And this seems, I'm not an expert on it, and I might be hy- hyperbolic. This seems like a violation of the Nuremberg Code with medical coercion. I mean, this is this is mass psychosis. This is insanity on a global scale, not just U.S. Yeah. Um, probably mandates that extend into the private sector uh, issued by the government will be found to be unconstitutional. Individual private companies uh, probably do have the authority. Mm-hmm. Um, to 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 mandate their employees to to get this vaccine. Yeah. Um, within the U.S. government, um, may or may not be found to be constitutional. Not sure, um, but it's absolute insanity and it's mass psychosis. Yeah. I mean, this is a disease um, that you know, bioengineered as it is, and we don't know all of its characteristics or what the bioweaponeers and the Chinese labs did to it. Nevertheless, thus far, well over 99% of everybody who who contracts, who, who is infected with this virus survives. They're mm-hmm. not dying. Mm-hmm. Um, those who do, and there are people, lots of people who have died of uh, this virus, typically in the majority are either quite elderly, meaning upwards of 80 or something, and or have comorbidities like obesity, like diabetes, heart disease, uh, and so forth. Um, The 99 plus, you know, survival rate, um, I, 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 I literally, I just, I do not understand where the panic and the fear of this, this virus comes from. Yes, there are unknowns about it, given that it's a bioweapon out of the Chinese labs. Yes. But knowing the survival rate and knowing your age group, um, I, I simply, and knowing that there are therapeutics out there to, to help you get better, I, it, it, it just it completely baffles me why people are afraid of this virus. It just unless you're in one of those very specific categories. I imagine when it's far enough in the rearview mirror that we can look at it soberly, it'll be, again, in my non-medical opinion, I think it will appear like something like a, like a, like a herd, like a herd mentality, or, you know, it's like those, and they're sad, but I mean, you know, there's like a, there's like videos in Times Square where like a motorcycle backfires and like the crowd starts screaming and running because everyone thinks it's a shooter. And it was nothing. And granted, that phenomenon lasts for 30 seconds. But, I mean, it might be something like that where we look back. It's a crazy weird thing. It came out right where there was a Chinese lab. 
it, it came over. We didn't know what it was. And, you know, we kind of feed on each other. Well, we're shutting down. We're shutting down the airports. We're shutting down March Madness. We're shutting down the, oh man, run to the, run to the store. Why are we getting toilet paper? Because we need, I just bumped into the microphone and scared myself. Why do we need, why do we need toilet paper? We all got to get water bottles. What do we do? We got to do this. We got to do that. It's coming through the air system. Put a mask on, halt everything. It's, it's, I mean, it's understandable. Well, and, and, and to find out now, sure, a year and more, well, well over a year and a half more since uh, the outbreak uh, here in the United States, anyway. <coughs> excuse me of of uh, uh, you know this virus, um, and we look around the world as well, and we realize that lockdowns didn't work. You cannot stop yeah. a virus by locking down healthy populations. Yeah. You may want to quarantine the most vulnerable in nursing homes, for example. Um, but an overall societal lockdown, as we've seen now, Doesn't... simply has no effect on the virus. We human beings have no, no capability right now to stop a virus from spreading. Yeah. We have capability of coming up with countermeasures, um, mm-hmm. you know, therapeutics, prophylactics. Uh, we can do that. Um, but we cannot stop its spread. We simply have not that capability. Um, and now we're seeing that places, you know, for for example, Sweden, that did not lock down, had their spikes um, of outbreak, and, and then they got over it. Yeah. And and now their their incidence is is quite low. Yeah. Uh, and a, a, at a certain point, you know, the majority of your population uh, has been exposed um, and or infected, um, and uh, we call that herd immunity. It doesn't mean that the virus is gone or that nobody will ever get the virus again. It just means that the majority of the population has had some exposure and therefore built up some antibodies to the virus. That's what herd immunity means. And that's the ultimate goal for for, for nations and and populations. Do you think, I mean, we'd have to, I mean, well, I guess the last year and a half has shown that logic is not necessary. But, I mean, there's got to be exceptions to vaccine passports if you have antibodies. I had COVID in August 2020. It sucked. I was sick as shit for like a week. It's not not fun. I mean, I I didn't even have any respiratory symptoms whatsoever, and it it still wasn't fun at all. But but you get through it. And and then, according to studies from Israel and also out of the Cleveland Clinic, there may be others – the the robustness of uh, the antibodies, um, uh, the defenses within persons who've who've had and recovered from the virus are multiple multiple times over more robust more robust than for people who've had just a vaccine or a booster or even a couple because that that's showing to be very ineffective and and wearing off incredibly quickly. I mean, ka-ching, ka-ching in the cash <laughs> registers of all the uh, yeah. big pharmaceutical companies. Um, but uh, the truth is that uh, natural immunity, that is um, having had the virus and recovered from it, um, your, 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 your body's defenses are way, way, way better uh, than, than, than just having had the vaccine. For example, um, 
the SARS-2, I'm, I'm sorry, the SARS-1 epidemic uh, of something like 17 years ago, mm-hmm. people who caught that and, and recovered from that have been tested now, like just recently, and found to still have more robust antibody um, defenses in their bodies from SARS-1 17 years ago than anybody who's gotten any kind of a vaccine. Well, they're not vaccines, but you know, the jab. Well, that's, it, again, speaking out of turn, but I'm pretty sure that's, that's how the human immune system works, though. You do it one time and you got them for life. Well, we don't know for sure, okay. um, but 17 years is quite <laughs> a long time from SARS-1. Yeah, it's not a you very... You know, if, if, if from SARS-2 we uh, can go that long uh, with robust antibody um, responses still in our bodies, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, and but you're right. You know, there's no uh, kaching with that 17 year break between shots, which I mean is a thing, right? Moderna doubled in market cap. Pfizer's put, I believe, three straight record breaking profitable quarters. Which, hey, is great. I'm a capitalist, but let's not uh, let's not let's not pretend that there isn't some incentives there. And there is a very serious thing. I mean, VARES is one thing. 15,000 deaths, not to make light, and I know it's underreported, but we'll just. We'll just take the 15000 at face value. That's insane enough, and it's terrifying. And if you want to go get it, you should go get it. Just like if you want to drink beer or eat McDonald's, you should do that too. I think I'm all for freedom to do that. I'm all for freedom to not do that as well. But that's small fry compared to the coordinated campaign to suppress treatment using ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, aspirin, vitamin D, turmeric, quercetin, and zinc, who Dr. George Fareed, who I've had on here like four times now, Harvard physician, uh, practice at UCLA, has been a practicing physician for 51 years. Him and Dr. Tyson, they just testified uh, to the Italian Senate in Rome, along with Dr. Hatfield and uh, Dr. Malone, all guys I've had on here. But Dr. Fareed and Dr. Tyson have treated to date over 9,000 patients in the Imperial Valley in California, Doctor, if I'm correct, Dr. Freed came out of retirement to do this, and they have a 99.99% survival rate, all age groups and all comorbidities. Not just wow. not just young, a young, young buck, healthy guy. Elderly people with, with asthma, with diabetes, uh morbidly obese. That's amazing. What and, and using what? He has I've had him on here, and you can go back and look at his regimen. It's just it's I think it's 14 days. It's hydroxychloroquine there's like steps to, i'm too stupid to understand it but there's there's chronological sequence of hydroxychloroquine azithromycin uh ivermectin something called colchazine and then some blood thinners like aspirin and i think some more powerful like uh, uh like controlled substance grade blood thinners um and then vitamin d quercetin turmeric mm. and zinc and then some other like kind of broad spectrum antibiotics and antivirals, mm-hmm. all generic stuff, all, yeah. Yeah. all pennies per tablet studied for decades, studied in pregnant mm-hmm. women, and they are having damn near 100% effective rates at, at curing all of this. He was, uh, he, while he was on my podcast the other night at like 8 PM, he got a call halfway through from a pharmacist asking him, what can you know? What excuse can I use to be able to fill out hydroxychloroquine? Because their providers won't let them. They're saying you can't do this. You can't. So, Doctor Fareed is now pivoting from 
this is vaccine madness, this is psychosis, to this is a coordinated and conscious crime against humanity. If we're suppressing yeah, treatment I, that yeah. we know works and is generic. I mean, you know, violation of the Hippocratic Oath. Yes. Well, for, forget that. On I think it's a massive scale. Yeah, I think, I, 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 doctors, medical personnel, research, never seen anything like this in the history of the world. Yeah. With with known proven uh, drugs, prophylactics, therapeutics um, being actively suppressed, yeah, and people dying as a result for what? To push profits for for some big pharmaceutical companies? That's obscene. It's Doctor Free. Doctor McCullough contends that eighty five percent of uh, all deaths, but let's just focus on the United States. 85% of the 650,000 could be avoided. Dr. Fareed says 99% of those could be, 99.99% of those could be avoided. Wow. So although it's important to find out where COVID came from, and if it was an active war from China, which I think it is, regardless of that, regardless of the VAERS vaccine data system, there is a much, much, much bigger story here that's going on right now that, I mean, at the risk of being hyperbolic and exaggerating, could be the biggest story in in our lives. I think, at least. I mean, look at nine eleven. I know it's a tired it's a tired uh, analogy, but I mean, nine eleven was what three thousand. I mean, if we're looking at you know eighty five percent on the conservative end of of six hundred fifty thousand, I can't do math, but that's a lot. And if they are doing this and they know what they're doing. Forget the whole side effects of the vaccine, which are bad in their own right. But, I mean, if they're blocking generic medications that are cheap as hell, have been studied for 40, 50 years, man, that's, I don't know, the dam's going to break. And, I I mean, I really do think, and I am prone to the fantastic and the hyperbolic, and I understand, I've used that word more times this podcast than I have in the last year, but... I mean, that could be the biggest story I think we see in our lifetimes. If there's been a coordinated, if there's some some Ed Snowden equivalent from inside Pfizer or something, or there's some, you know, Project Veritas is chipping away at it. If it comes out that that's true, I mean, we're going to, that's going to be the biggest news story of our lives. And well, the next people to rake in, um, you know, obscene profits will be the lawyers as all of these cases go to court. Yeah, that's true. That's true, yeah. And uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, Pfizer is uh, developing a, a daily tablet. I heard that or read that. To, yeah. to fight COVID? <clears throat> uh, that's, we'll that, see. That's based on ivermectin. I think I saw that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go figure, huh? Yeah, right? Make cannabis illegal and then you sell like Cannabex and it's like one enantiomer, or one extra hydrogen atom. Um, but... What else haven't we touched on? Because it's been over a month since we talked. Well, Afghanistan, maybe. And oh, the generals. oh, that, yeah. Oh, I, I had on, yeah, I've had on, we? I've had on twice. Oish, we're getting, yeah. I'm looking at the time over there. Yeah, no, I have all the time in the world. You, you'd love me. Okay, well, let, let's do Afghanistan anyway, okay. and, then, and then, and then we'll call it a day. Okay. So, uh, well, I, I've had on twice now. I've had on a marine that was at Kabul airport. Uh, uh-huh. during the suicide bombing. I've had him on twice now. There's only so much he can talk about and not lose his job. But um, yeah, it's that, <clears throat> everything about that just seems absurd. To I don't know if it's incompetence or if it was intentional, but I don't know. 
the whole thing seems weird. What are you, what are your, aside from just atrocious, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, um, I, I guess the first thing to note, um, and, and this, you know, certainly after the last couple of days of testimony up on Capitol Hill um, before the Senate and the House committees on our uh, armed services committees um, and the testimony of um, our top um, military clowns, um, there was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, uh, Milley. Uh, there was uh, the um, the commander of CENTCOM, uh, Kenneth um, McKenzie. And then there was, of course, uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. And um, the only conclusion that can be drawn, um, well, among others, I, I, not the only, uh, we at least since 9-11, have allowed to rise to senior rank uh, the most incompetent, the most unsuitable, um, the most incapable uh, individuals that could possibly have been picked out of the U.S. military. Mm -hmm. Um, The display on Capitol Hill was nauseating. Uh, I will give credit to both Democrat and Republican Party um, members of the House and the Senate uh, who posed some very probing, serious questions and did not let these generals and the secretary, you know, just wriggle out of it all. Uh, To their credit, they they, uh, really asked good questions. Um, On the other hand, the replies uh, from... Um, you know, the assembled brass up there um, was a collection of CYA, shift the blame. Um, What's CYA? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, we, we, we told the president, we told the, and the president, well, no, they didn't. They didn't tell me anything. Yeah. Um, throwing each other under the bus, uh, blaming the State Department for the fiasco of uh, the last days in Afghanistan, et cetera, et cetera. When the fact is, and uh, Sean Hannity's been showing this on his program on Fox News for the last, I don't know, month at least, a map, a map of Afghanistan with um, uh, red marking the provinces and, and the areas of Afghanistan that the Taliban was taking over Um Uh, steadily taking over from last spring. I think the map begins back in uh, like March or April or something. And then it's a steady, you know, progression of conquest of provinces across Afghanistan until the entire map practically is covered in red and all that's left in the middle is little Kabul and uh, Bagram Air Force Base, which of course they uh, surrendered um, they they surrendered, fled in the middle of the night without even telling their Afghan yeah. commanders uh, who would be there, left there holding the bag after they left. Yeah. Um, so, you know, all of this would to, is to say this was knowable. This absolutely was knowable by any competent observer analyst um, that the Taliban was taking over Afghanistan. And whether, you know, it was going to be a late summer or early fall. <clears throat> I mean, even I on, on, on various programs, I said no later than fall 
the Taliban will be in charge of Afghanistan. Anybody, not even a government official, you know, with the slightest bit of common sense could have seen that coming. And it goes back a long way. Um, it goes back really to 9-11 itself and the aftermath when our best and bravest forces and all honor to them and all who have fallen, all who came home injured, many for life, all honor to them. But the leadership, the leadership turned an immediate mission to oust the Taliban and Al-Qaeda from Afghanistan in the fall of 2001 into a permanent mission of nation building. Yeah. Um, now, how do you get shiny stuff up here on your shoulders? Combat and command. Yeah. Well, you don't you don't rise as quickly, or maybe as far, unless you have that combatant command. And you know, Millie looks like some kind of North Korean general, <laughs> you know, dripping all the way down the coat yeah. the coattails. Yeah. Mm, um. I'm not sure he ever saw combat, but you, you know, uh, I had on Don the Pleb the other day, and he was telling me I didn't know this, but he re uh, recalled the story how there was like a just some random like mortar artillery pot shot from the Taliban or something way outside of the wire on the base. They just kind of start you know, pop on the hill. And it's just kind of like you know the norm, right? It's just yeah, pop yeah, shot, yeah. pot shots, and then some like Marines went out there, some team went out there, and like an MRAP. And used like a laser system to measure the impact point from like the wire and like the, the fence around the base. And Don was like, oh, just, you know, probably just getting the data point to see, you know, they're probably comparing it to 10,000 other pot shots. Are they getting better or whatever? Uh -huh. Don goes, but I'd never seen him use like a laser. What they were doing was apparently if a mortar strikes within, I think, I think he said 650 meters of the base, if it's within that. Everyone on base gets a, a combat ribbon. Good grief. And that's that's what he said. And I had Dale on, and you could just see, like, the color leave Dale's face. He was like... Yeah, so I mean, it's, it, 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 it's, it's ridiculous. So <clears throat> there's that. Um, you know, the, the rest of them. I mean, Austin? I, I'm not quite sure that his military record, um, you know, ha has much over his bureaucracy record yeah. uh, at which he is an excellent um swamp creature yeah so the point being that the mission in afghanistan going back 20 years turned into let's turn these 7th century uh tribal uh, muslim savages um into jeffersonian democrats that is with a little d um and um you know we'll just uh keep pouring money in and lives, more than 2,000 killed, over 20,000 injured over all that time. And we'll just keep reporting back to Congress when they hold hearings about this that, you know, we're making progress and the Afghan military is really coming along. And, you know, they're turning the corner. And next year, next year. We're going to have it. Um, and, of course, it was all not true. It's all bullshit. Um and, um, oh, by the way, our uh, vaunted uh, Department of State, I think I might have talked about this before, um, led uh, uh, by a team, he headed by a team, or, or let's say a team from the State Department headed by 
uh, ambassador um, uh, Zalmay Khalilzad uh, and, and including Noah Feldman and other notables from the State Department. Noah Feldman, by the way, comes out of tutorship at Harvard University when Elena Kagan was a dean there. Now she's on the Supreme Court. Um, and that, 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 that State Department team put together a constitution, a new constitution for Afghanistan, which was then published in middle of 2004. You can find it online. It's in English. And um, have, I, have I talked about this before? No, you not, not in your show, on other shows. Okay. All you have to do is, is look up Afghan constitution, like I said, in English online, and read the first three articles. Never mind even the rest of, of, of the constitution, the first three. Number one, Afghanistan shall be an Islamic republic. Number two, uh, the law of the land, and I am paraphrasing just a little bit, but the law of the land shall be Islamic law, Sharia. Number three, no law shall be promulgated in Afghanistan that is contrary to Islamic law. You don't have to go any further. Our State Department wrote that and promulgated it and put it out. And whether or not they knew it, our best and bravest and most honorable troops, every last one of them who fought and died or came home injured from 2004 until 2020, 2021, this year, fought and died and bled in defense of a Sharia law regime a Sharia regime, an Islamic regime under Islamic law. I bet most Americans don't know that, and I'll bet you most of the troops don't know that either. That's... Sick. It's Yeah. That's, yeah. It's easy for us to... And see. again, it's not to take away... No. not Well, that's the point. Or demean or yeah. diminish any of the sacrifice, the courage, the bravery, the honor of our troops, because they did what they were asked yeah. uh, above and beyond. Yeah, but our leadership. Whose side are they batting on anyway? It's it's disgusting, and um, well, it's my these are my red pill podcasts with Claire, where I get where I get I get the fresh I get the unedited unfiltered red pill takes me down a notch, but that's why I like having you on, um, Miss Claire Lopez. I'll put all your links in the description as always. Your Twitter, the links to all your articles. And next week, my cousin's getting married. So I will actually, for everybody listening, next week's my cousin's getting married. So I'll be out of town. We oh, will... perfect timing because my daughter's getting married next week. Does your daughter live in New Jersey? No, she. I was just wondering. Lives... I was like, what if I see you at the wedding? Well, <laughs> um, no. Okay, her... okay. Um, but yeah, good. She, she's local. Good, uh, okay. DC area. Okay, I was she about and to... her fiance, soon to be my son in law. I was about to say, but yeah, next how, week. How crazy would that be if I'm in some church and I look across and I see Claire Lopez? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> All right. No, no. All right. Well, perfect. Well, yeah, yeah. So we, we both won't be here, week. but we'll resume the week after. Claire Lopez. Sounds good. Thank you so much. God You're bless. Welcome. God bless America. Stay safe, everyone. Thank you. You have a wonderful evening. You too. Thank you. Recording Bye-bye. stopped.